We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. It's great to have you here on this Monday, January 23 edition of the Bart Winkler Show. I'm starting to hear more from people who are still discovering that once the show went away on radio, it's come back via the podcast. So thank you again if you're just finding us or if you've been with us since day one. Uh, I'm having a blast doing this, and uh, I want to keep it going. Tonight, Monday evening, we will have a live taping of the show. The Bucks are in action against the Pistons. Okay, Bucks pistons it's not going to be too exciting, but it is. Chris Middleton, probable as of this taping, uh, and same with Giannis Adetokounmpo. Shams uh, has been giving us the like the, the false warning sign that Middleton's coming back for a few weeks now. But it seems like we might see Chris and Middleton against the Pistons, who haven't played since their game in Paris. So we're going to jump on after that. It will also be after Badgers Northwestern. That got moved to Monday. I was hoping for a 2.30 game. It said 2.30. Everyone was saying 2.30. And I love day sports because I ain't do anything. And so I was going to like get into that game, but now it's on the same time with the Bucks. So I probably won't watch much of it. We'll have to have our Badger experts break that one down uh, later on. Speaking of Badger experts, big Badger fan and longtime Packer writer Rob Reichel is on this episode. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Just get some thoughts on the Badgers and also, of course, the Packers and what they need to do. Rob and I have talked over the years. Rob's with Forbes.com, Conley Media. And basically, we've had the same conversation about Rodgers one million times. We're not going to essentially do that today. want to take a look more at Goody and Lafleur and some of the other things that I've been talking about with you guys and bounce those off uh, Rob Reichel and my whole theory that anybody can win one Super Bowl with Rodgers in 15 years. We'll see what Rob has to say about that. Plus, coming up, some voicemails. John and Franklin's got a good one on the Brewers. And a couple of voicemails came in on our announcer talk. The NFL announcer talk between me, Paul Emig, and Grant Bills last week, which I feel like this weekend, looking at Twitter during these games, it was as much conversation about announcers than it was the actual games, which uh, was interesting. People really are fired up to talk about the announcers. So we'll have some voicemails on that a little bit later on, brought to you by Carl's Place, carlovet.com backslash Bart golf simulators that they can install for you or custom design as well. We will start with the games and I'll start with the game that just ended before I ran back down to my esteemed basement to pop on a microphone and talk about it. And that's the Niners and Cowboys and the Niners won 19 to 12. It was probably the most competitive game of the weekend. So I'm glad it was in that final spot, or at least it was the game that was in question the most for the longest amount of time. There's a couple of things I want to say about punts today. I thought Brian Dable with the Giants had a very surrender type punt. I don't blame McCarthy for punting when he did with about two, you know, and a half minutes to go. They were so far back and they had timeouts and they had the two minute warning. I don't know if, if he does it over, if you go for it, it's such a tough situation there, but I, I'm going to rail against punts later. And I think that, you know, that was what McCarthy's going to get more criticized for is that final play, which I don't hate. 
a lot of times on these lateral plays, you have like five offensive linemen out there doing nothing. So McCarthy's like, all right, well, I'm going to put all skill guys out there. The problem with the play was he put Ezekiel Elliott, who will still be able to do laterals and stuff. You got to have one guy because Ezekiel Elliott was the center and then just got destroyed by whoever was rushing. And I like I audibly laughed out loud just just to see uh, Zeke just get trampled like that. So, I mean, you're not going to score. The, the odds of scoring there are so low. And then I commend McCarthy for doing something different. And I, I like I don't I don't think that play is as stupid as it looked only because they did have Zeke be the one to be the center. And that was the mistake because he just got leveled and Dak got rid of the ball and there was no there was no hope for the Cowboys at that point. And the Cowboys really, I mean, I think this was a very winnable game for them. Uh, and, and Dak did not have a good game. So where Dak was so good a week ago, and they kept talking about how this might be a Dak legacy game, 206 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions. And the Cowboys rushing attack didn't do much. They only averaged three and a half yards of carry. Tony Pollard getting hurt did not help. And the Niners were able to get the victory. Now, I don't think... This, this is what bothers me about the San Francisco 49ers. I don't, and, and everybody picked the Niners, and people, they'll probably be a slight underdog against the Eagles, and people are going to, I think the Eagles roll, by the way. I'm going to say that right now. I think the Eagles roll. They're going to win double digits. I'm putting it out there right now. I don't think the Niners are as good as they get the credit for. They have a lot of good players. George Kittle, that catch, that catch won him a game where it was off his hands and then his helmet and then his hands again. That catch and that drive won him the football game. They trade for Christian McCaffrey. He didn't do much, but did enough. Debo Samuel, again, didn't do much, but did enough. And Elijah Mitchell was actually their leading rusher. I, they have a lot of good skill players. And I don't think that Kyle Shanahan is as smart as we think he is. I think he gets over – I think he gets too much credit. Now, they're winning with Brock Purdy. I don't think Brock Purdy is the real deal either. If I'm the Niners, I tr- I trade Brock Purdy. I'm not trading Trey Lance. I'm not tra- – you drafted him top three for a reason. You trade up for a reason. Brock Purdy, you picked him, and then he wasn't going to be a free agent. He's last pick in the draft. I don't know. I'm just – this is the way that I've always been with the Niners. I hate giving them credit. You know, if they win a Super Bowl, I'll have to change my mind on that, but they haven't won a Super Bowl. Shanahan gets treated like he's Belichick too. And they don't, they don't, like, who do they beat in the playoffs? McCarthy and or the Packers? Congratulations. All right. If they were really any good, they would have beat the Rams last year. You know, so I don't, I don't think they're going to go into Philly and win. I think the Niners are a, they're like they're like a better version of the Vikings. They're a version of the Vikings that has good regular seasons but can win a couple playoff games. I don't I'm not thinking Niners Super Bowl at all. At all. So Niners get the win. Not that impressive, but they do get the win. And uh, I would think that Mike McCarthy still deserves to be the coach of this Cowboys team. He's run into San Francisco two years in a row. The Brett Maher thing was ridiculous television. I mean, the first the first kick he has gets blocked. I would have missed anyway. Feel bad for that guy. Uh, an interesting game. A very interesting game. Niners get the uh, win. Got more breakdown in some of these other games, plus a, a quick recap and a very weird quirk about my CBS Sports Radio situation on Saturday, which was very fun, but... Uh, there's something very weird about it. That'll all be coming up. I'm going to take a quick time out and uh, more of the show coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now's also a good time to tell you about my friends at Happy Place Hemp. HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART. You get 25% off every single order you ever order. And I thank you that have done this because you get the order. And, and this is the great thing about using it over and over is you get to see what you like first before you make maybe your bigger order. Because at 25%, you think, all right, well, maybe I haven't done gummies before. Bart's been talking about them. He uses them. And I do. The sleep ones were very good for me this weekend. I took a bunch of those, the CBD, CBNs, uh, the purple ones, the nighttime ones. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't take any Deltas over the weekend. It was mostly the sleep time ones. Uh, maybe maybe I'll pop one tonight. We'll see. But they, they do this code where you can use it more than once, so you can order like a sampler pack. And you can see, okay, do these gummies work and which ones work the best for me, which ones make me feel good, which ones help me sleep, which ones energize me. Or if you want to get some of like the, the cream, I don't talk about the cream as much, but if you have like a sore or an ache or, or something, you can try rubbing the cream on it, see if it helps or some of the sprays, the tinctures, all that kind of stuff. So you could try it, use the code. And then when you realize what you like or find what you like, you could still use the code again. So I love that they let it happen every single time. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. 25% off every order that you get when you use the code B-A-R-T. And I'm I'm so happy to uh, be able to tell you about them. Again, happyplacehemp.com. You can also stop in. They're off College Court in Muskego. Just tell them about me or the show or whatever, and they'll hook you up with the deal as well if you pay in there. Otherwise, you can get it mailed to you discreetly. It is all very, very simple to do. Happyplacehemp.com. The other game on Sunday was Cincinnati and Buffalo. And Cincinnati, this was a big win for them. Remember, we thought they might might be in fluke territory a year ago. They made the Super Bowl. Okay, they went to Kansas City. Okay, that's great. But Kansas City's the best team in that conference, and and the Bills are the second-best team, and they had the game that everybody's still talking about from a year ago in the divisional round. But it was Cincinnati that made the Super Bowl. Well, they might make the Super Bowl again. They're going to go to Kansas City. A lot of people that I saw online, and I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it precluded me from rooting for the Bills, but it does now eliminate a situation where the Bills and Chiefs would have played in Atlanta. And you know, there's a novelty to it. It would have been the night game next week. It would have been like a bowl game atmosphere. You would have had Bills fans on one side, Chiefs fans on the other. It would have been interesting. But there were a lot of people connecting the dots and saying, "Look." don't give the NFL a free test run on this. And the NFL would, they're going to use the DeMar Hanlon situation. They're going to essentially exploit it to realize, Hey, neutral site, AFC, NFC championship games. We can make this a bigger production. We can get teams to bid on it. Cities to bid on it. More money for us. You can't take away the home field aspect of the championship game. You can't take away what it means for the small communities or even the bigger communities, but whatever. You can't take away what it means for the team to earn that game at home. Now, that being said, Cincinnati went into Buffalo in a snow game and completely dominated Buffalo. I don't know what happened to Buffalo's defense. I know they're without Von Miller, and he really hurt them not being there today. But, I, you know, as good as Joe Burrow was, and Joe Burrow was instantly, and I said on Saturday on my radio shift, 
that Joe Burrow is the most confident player in the league that deserves the confidence he has. He is so confident. He just he is he's something to be admired. I'd love for a Joe Burrow to be my quarterback. I think he's great, and I think the Bengals are in good hands. Jamar Chase was big. Hayden Hurst was productive. But I thought Joe Mixon, with the 5.3 yards of carry on the ground, touchdown for him and some strong runs late. I thought that was the difference because the Bills could not stop him at all. And Josh Allen didn't play great. No touchdowns for him and an interception. Wasn't able to do much on the ground. Did sneak in for a touchdown. But otherwise, it wasn't as good of a Josh Allen day that uh, that I've known from my fantasy winnings, thanks to him over the years. And I think there were a lot of people, too. One of the other themes I noticed online were a lot of people saying, well, the Bills are the Packers. One of these strong regular season teams that get a home game and cannot deliver in the playoffs, only they don't have the ring yet. So whether you want to compare Allen to Favre or even Allen to Rodgers, they've got Josh Allen. And I think that Grant's point was was good. Grant Bills' point was there's a there the the stock on these guys, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, it's as high as it's ever going to be. After this postseason, there will start to be questions. There will be more questions about the Bills and Josh Allen. Don't tell Rami. There will be questions about whoever doesn't win in this game, although Burrow's already been to the Super Bowl and Mahomes has been the two. The championship game will be in Kansas City. This will be the fifth straight year, the AFC championship games in Kansas City. Kansas City essentially has taken over for New England as the team you always see host a game in the playoffs. Listen to this. Listen to the teams that have hosted an AFC championship game, and it's, it's going to go to 2002. There's only been five teams that have hosted. It's been Chiefs, 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 Patriots, Patriots, Broncos, Patriots, Broncos, Patriots, Patriots, Steelers, Colts, Steelers, Patriots, Colts, Broncos, Steelers, Patriots. That takes you all the way back to 2003, and then Oakland sitting there in 2002 when the Raiders made and eventually lost the Super Bowl. So the AFC Championship game, it's like, all right, CBS, it's either New England or now it's always Kansas City. And it's just been crazy that way. Kansas City getting the victory over Jacksonville. So I plop on to CBS Sports Radio. My shift was 4 to 9 Central on Saturday. And it's very weird. I I, I have to figure this out better. I, I don't quite know what the best way to do. Cause I wonder who is listening to sports radio. Who's listening to sports radio during the divisional round. Who's listening to just traditional sports radio during the divisional round. Are, is it, is it people that don't want to hear football or is it people that want to hear football, but not the play by play. It's very weird. So you end up kind of doing play by play and talking about the games. Cause it is very important. And I love, you know, football, and I'm not just going to, like, pretend it's not on, and you got to know what's on. And the updates are talking about it and all that stuff. Should I have talked more basketball? Should I have talked more ba- baseball? So I don't know. It's it's tricky to do that. I don't know that I have the proper balance of that. But as soon as I get on, I, I've got the TV on. Quick aside about streaming. Peacock, I was 45 seconds behind the guys in New York the whole time because of Peacock. The Fox streaming, let me shout out Fox. The Fox Sports Go app is like the exact thing that you get on the TV screen, maybe a couple seconds. So I don't know how they perfected that technology. Peacock's far behind, but Fox Sports figured it out. So kudos to them. Uh, I haven't tried Paramount Plus because there's nothing on there. I'll do the free trial for South Park, but I ain't, I ain't in order in that. Yeah, I need that for free. Paramount Plus, I make up emails. I've probably made up nine emails to watch U.S. soccer on Paramount Plus. I've got like Discovery Plus. And like Acorn, some weird thing out of England, PBS Plus. I ain't getting Paramount Plus. I'll get it for free, maybe. Anyway, good on Fox Sports. But as soon as I get on, Mahomes gets hurt. And it's like, okay, well, now like my brain is all scattered because I talked about some quarterbacks in different situations for teams. What do these teams do? What do they do? Who do you know, where's Brady go? I did all my Rogers stuff, but to not to, to be on the radio right away and Mahomes goes down, you're like, I got to talk about this. I mean, I can't not talk about this. So 
that was sort of distracting me for a little bit. And I think I had a rocky start. Not that you would have heard it in Milwaukee. 12.50. I'm in the 12.50 studios. I, I got to talk to these guys about this. They were playing the BetQL feed. So I wasn't even on in Milwaukee. Maybe I was later, but not to start the show. I was on in Fond du Lac. KFIZ, my old station, runs CBS Sports Radio on the weekends. I didn't know that, but I got a text from someone that I was on in Fond du Lac. So I was pumped about that. I was good. I was happy. You know, it's, it's cool. I don't know where I'm on. I know that I'm on like 100 different stations, but I don't know where. And I always say they're on satellite, but every time I try to turn on satellite to hear CBS Sports Radio, it's like it's like uh, Amherst versus, I don't know, Liberty or some weird basketball game. So anyway, the Chiefs won. Mahomes got hurt, came back in, high ankle sprain. He says he's going to play this weekend. The line for this game has been all over the place already. It started with the Chiefs as a favorite. Then I think it went to Cincinnati. Then it went to... Then it went to somebody else, or it went to even. It was just all over the place. So pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville. Jacksonville could have won this game. They didn't. The Chiefs are unstoppable. I think Travis Kelsey, one of the things I was saying about the Chiefs was the Chiefs were able to withstand the departure of Tyreek Hill. Packers fell apart without Devontae. The Chiefs were able to withstand the departure of Tyreek Hill. I was saying it was because of Mahomes. No, it was a, it was because of Kelsey. Far and away, the best tight end in the league. I know Kittle had a good weekend. I think da- Dalton Schultz is pretty good. Dallas Goddard had a good weekend. Mark Andrews has been up there. But it, it, I mean, it is Kelsey is such a difference maker, and it, and it's it's just insane. And it's reflective in like if you play daily fantasy, he's always like eight thousand dollars, and the next tight end is like fifty two hundred. But you got to play Kelsey because he's he's that good. The night game was a disaster. Eagles all over the Giants. So Manny Rodriguez is the name of the guy that was producing with me. He is a big Giants fan. And I was like, all right, Manny, I'm with you. We're going to root for the Giants. Within an instant, it's 14-0, and the kid's devastated. He says, this sucks. My girlfriend's an Eagles fan. She gives me shit all the time. It's awful. I said, well... You know, you can, like, pick who your girlfriend is. He goes, I know, I think I'm in too deep. Oh, okay, well, good luck with that your whole life. And they're divisional rivals, so it sucks even more. But 38-7, uh, Brian Dable going for it early and then punting late. I don't understand. I just don't understand why coaches, even the good ones, love to punt. They waved the white flag. They were never going to, like, when McCarthy punted, he had three timeouts, the two-minute warning. I don't. I don't think anyone thought Dallas would actually stop the Niners defense. So I went to blame McCarthy for going there because the Niners were just, I mean, they were, once they had that long drive with the Kittle catch, it was pretty much over. At least it felt that way. And then, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. And then I don't know. I don't know what they would have, should have done. But Dable's punt, they were never going to get enough possessions back. So I don't know why he punted. It's just so stupid. These guys, and it, it, I think this, I don't know. I don't know if it bugs me more because I feel like all coaches are overrated in some way. I say this all the time. He knows more in his pinky than you'll ever forget or some stupid thing like that. Or if it's because I played soccer and like everyone ripped on me for kicking, yet these coaches always love to kick. They love to kick field goals when they should go for it. They love to punt when they shouldn't punt. It's just, it's just weird. It's very weird. You call me all these names because I kick a ball. And then you're a big football player and you kick the ball. It's so it, it triggers me. I mean, I've, I've admitted that I'm not running from that or shying from it. it. It triggers me very greatly, but the Eagles looked unstoppable. I think that we have not given the Eagles proper credit. Everyone just wants to talk about the Niners so bad. And, and the Niners are going to be slight underdogs and people are going to take the Niners. You're going to take Brock Purdy on the road in Philadelphia. This team can run it on you. Uh, they've got great receivers. A.J. Brown didn't do much. I think he'll have a big game. Jalen Hurts is great. A third-string quarterback, and I'm going to still call Purdy that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not believing yet. I think Philly beats up San Fran pretty good. And in the AFC, we'll see what Mahomes' health is, but Bengals did it last year. Why can't they do it this year? And they believe in themselves. And Burrow, that confidence just radiates. And they're, you know, they're playing like, hey, we got screwed. Like, 
everyone was talking about this game in Atlanta and the tickets being sold. And they're like, you got, we, we're still playing a game here. So I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, Cincinnati kind of got overlooked and I don't want to make that same mistake. We'll see again about Mahomes' injury and we'll hammer down some picks later in the week with Ryan Horvat. So good weekend, some good games. Uh, some other notes to mention, just one quick on the Bucks. I did not see, because of the radio, I did not see the Bucks game uh, the other night. I know they lost 114 to 102 as I look up the score. Losing to the Cavs, all right, so they're 29 and 17, Cavs 29 and 19. But they play Monday, and it looks like Chris will be back and Giannis will be back. So we'll talk all Bucks coming up uh, on Monday night's YouTube. That'll be on YouTube at Bart Winkler Show. You can check us out there. Looking forward to that. Um, also, I had the pleasure of talking to Rob Reichel over the weekend. So going to give you that conversation about 20 minutes or so. And then I do want to play some voicemails, talk a little Brewers and some of this announcer stuff that we talked about the other day. Bart Winkler Show, let's, uh, let's go to our interview with Rob Reichel. All right, time to catch up with an old friend. From Forbes.com, from Conley Media, Rob Reichel. Robbie, I miss you. How are you? I miss you too, buddy. I'm, I'm great. This will be like old times. Yeah, I'll just ask a question. You can talk for 30 minutes, and I'll just... Uh, <laughs> that'd be great. I, I got to have a little bit of that Brett Favre in me, don't I? Yeah. One, one, I just prepare one question for Rob. And, and hey, he hey, Brett, what did you see on third and seven? And he ends up telling you, you know, what he had for lunch last Wednesday, so... <laughs> Well, that's a good place to start, Rob, because uh, for a guy who seemingly learned all the what not and what not, like what to do and what not to do in Aaron Rodgers from Brett Favre, I mean, this is deja vu all over again. Here's where I think uh, the difference is. And here's, here's, and I don't, because Rob and I have talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. And so we don't need to rehash, you know, the same conversation we've had a thousand times. But I think what I look at, not from a Rodgers point of view, but from Gudikins, Brian Gudikins, I think like this was a guy who had his decision made. He saw what Ted Thompson did. It's very hard to have a Hall of Fame quarterback leave when it's time to leave. It's very hard. And he saw what Ted did, and he's like, okay, well, that, that's how you do it. So he drafts his guy, trades up for him, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers plays better. I think that I think that Goody, I think that if if Goody's on his like deathbed when he's 95 or whatever, and they say, What was your biggest regret? He'd say it was not trading Rodgers sooner. But there's it's it's like he can't though, because Rodgers became bigger than the team and just all the relationships and all like the messiness and Rodgers. I think him being on McAfee like is killing this organization because on Tuesdays he sets the tone for the week and gets to talk before anybody, which I think sucks. So yeah, it's just dumb little interview. No, it's not. I think it's a, it's a tone setter. So I think like Goody's in this position where he wants, he's like, he's like a bungee jumper and he wants to jump and he's prepared his whole life to jump, but push came to shove. And he walked away and he just can't do it because it's so messy up in Green Bay that I think we now look back at what Ted did and was like, wow, Ted, Ted really pulled that off, took all the storm, took all the heat and Gudikins just wasn't able to do it. And now Rogers is just going to play chicken with him forever. And Rogers is going to win. Probably Bart. I mean, if I, if I had to bet 50 bucks, I'm, I'm going to bet probably that Rogers is the starter. You know, when we get to whatever, the second week of September in, in 2023. But here's what I will say. And, and I agree with your theory 95% right there. It became tougher to get rid of him, you know, when he was playing chicken with him in the summer of 2020 because he's coming off an MVP season. Last year, he comes off another MVP season, so they feel obligated to, to lock him up to the richest contract in NFL history, right? The three-year $151 million deal. Here's where I think the difference has changed in 12 months, Bart. And, and whether Gutekunst is ready to jump or not, I guess we'll find out. My question to Gutekunst would be, what in the hell are you holding on to at this point in time, right? He's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. He's not Burrow or Herbert at this point in his career. I mean, hell, in 2020, Bart, he was, he was Ryan Tannehill. Or sorry, in 2022. 
I mean, he was, he was Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill even, you know, whooped his tail in their head to head matchup when they, you know, when they met uh, late in the season in, in green Bay. So I just, I, I think we saw father time catches everybody, Bart, you know, yeah. has it caught, has it caught Aaron Rodgers at this point in time? You know, I thought it caught him after 2019 and I was wrong, right? He bounces back with, with consecutive MVPs, but the door now, you know, his, his play declined significantly in 2022. So if ever there's a time for Gutekunst to say, yep, we're ready. It's, it, it, we, we've got to see what Jordan Love can do. It's, it's year four. We, we, you know, we've either got to, you know, water, get off the pot, right. With Jordan Love, it's, it's time to, to find out if this guy can play football or not. Rogers is coming off by far, Bart, you know, his, his worst year as a starter since taking over in 2008. I mean, I can throw any stat by, you, you know, that you want from quarterback rating to, the yards per completion, right, to passing yards, to touchdowns per game. It doesn't matter. Rodgers had a career low, and and they were beyond pedestrian on offense, and and their $50 million quarterback needed to be dramatically better for them, you know, to exceed eight and nine. So, so the door to me right now is open for Brian Gutekunst to move on from Aaron Rodgers and, and turn the page to Jordan Love. I just wonder, Bart, at the whole – and, and, and I don't know, again, if, if we're ever going to get the answers to this, like you said, until maybe Goody's on his deathbed or he writes his tell-all book or, or what have you. I just wonder behind the scenes how, you know, how much a 68-year-old Mark Murphy, who has two years left of, as president of this organization, and a few years back he threw himself into the middle of the decision-making process on the football side, how yeah. much he has to do with all of this. You know, it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, he is the highest guy up the food chain. I and and Brian Gutekunst may want to like you continue, like you said, Brian Gutekunst may want to jump and turn the page and finally rip the band-aid off. And he might have the team present and telling him, No, we're not going to go through a rebuild or a reload or a revamp or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, the last two years of 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 my tenure here in Green Bay. And and none of us will will again will probably ever know that answer until these guys are gone, Bart, from the organization. But I mean, it, it it is really time for Brian Gutekunst to put on his big boy pants. Um, if he needs to battle management to move on from this, I mean, it's time. He he he's got to find out if Jordan Love can play or not. I think you're, you know, Bart. The longer they wait on this Aaron Rodgers thing, the less and less and less they get on a year to year basis. I mean, they would have got Russell Wilson like draft capital for Rodgers a couple summers back, even last year coming off back to back MVPs. The price tag on Rodgers has gone down, but they'd still probably get two pretty high picks. Let's call it a first and a second or a first and a third Bart, um, something along, along those lines. The longer you wait, you know, the, the, the price tag goes down, get something for him now, find out if love can play or not turn the page because Bart, they're not going to a Super Bowl with this guy anymore. I mean, let's be honest; they're just not. I mean, it's it to me. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. First of all, the the roster is going to be younger. It's not going to be as good. And you've got a quarterback that's aging and he's declining, and he's going to turn forty next season. So, um, you know, even with Rogers Bart, I th- I think they're a mid level football team, probably a five hundred football team. So start the next chapter of Packer football. Um, you know you. You, you, your fans aren't going anywhere, Bart. You've got money coming out of every crevice of 1265 Lombardi over there that, you know, you can go sign free agents and, and be an active player. And, and they've, for the most part, drafted pretty well and, and they develop their guys. They're not going anywhere, Bart. They might have a year or two hiccup, but they'll be back by 2024, 2025. And, and I think be a really good football team again down the road with or without Rodgers. One thing that I talk a lot about is, um, how I think if any franchise, so Rodgers came into the league and right, he had a weird throwing motion and then he got better and he sat behind far for three years. And I think that really did help him. And he's been a great quarterback. So if you take the great quarterback era of Rodgers, you know, 15 years of a, of a hall of fame type player, I think the floor is you win a super bowl with them. If you, if any team would have had him for 15 years, you win a super bowl with him. And then some people would say, oh, well, uh, the Browns are run poorly or the Texans are run poorly or whatever. I don't know that the Packers are run much better than those teams. I mean, you just talked about Murphy. Like, did any of those other teams have silos as a problem? Did any of those other teams 
lose an NFC championship game that was a three-year hangover? Did any of those other teams hang on to two, now three defensive coordinators longer than they should have? There is there's more dysfunction in Green Bay than people, I guess, are willing to admit or even can see. And that's why when I say, you know, oh, two Super Bowls in 35 years, the Packers, you guys are, you don't know how lucky you have it. I, I mean, you had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and you get two Super Bowls? That's, that's, and you've only been to three? Like, it's not like they, you know, went Jim Kelly on us and at least got the four, which although might have been worse. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I get called entitled down a lot, but I, I just think it's, it's not demanding like more. It's demanding what we should have done. Oh, I, I, the key word you hit there, Bart, was dysfunction. I mean, and, and there's a, there's a ton of it, I think right now. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned how many other organizations could win Super Bowls with a quarterback like that. Well, Bart, since Green Bay, you know, won a Super Bowl, or since, put it this way, since Rodgers took over as the starter in 08, Bart, his 15 years as a starter, there's 11 teams from the NFC that have been to Super Bowls. You know, so two-thirds of the conference has been to a Super Bowl. Green Bay's just one of those teams. Um, should have they been to more? Of course they should have been. And and had they had different management, would have they? Very possibly. You know, but we we can sit here and talk all we want about the last 30 years and how they should have won more. And I think we're all in agreement that's the case. And that, and that should have happened. You know, the problem they've dug for themselves, though, now, Bart, is with this whole Rodgers thing, you know, they've given him a they've given him a, ta- a seat at the big boy table at Thanksgiving. Right. He's not sitting at the kids table anymore. And and the dysfunction now that has crept into the organization is, you know, is is, is pretty dramatic where Rogers. Oh, Rob, I'll cut you off there because, no, he he not only has a seat, he cooks the turkey, he cuts the turkey. He gets to eat his whole meal first <laughs> and then everybody else gets to eat. He is Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'd compare it to a 1950s marriage, Bart. You know, he, he, he's gone all day at, at work, and he comes home, and he tells his wife, who's good at kunst, you know, where's my dinner, and where's my slippers, and where's my, where's my pipe, and where's my newspaper? And Goody runs and gets it. I mean, that's, that's kind of where they're at right now as an organization. And then, and then she gives him the wrong pipe. This is my Wednesday pipe you gave me. I need my Thursday pipe, Alice. <laughs> And Matt Lafleur's right there, running around, grabbing, you know, grabbing a glass of milk for him, or in his case, some scotch, and you know, getting getting them the the afternoon paper as well. I mean, the, the power and control, kind of in the relationships over there right now, are are really out of whack, you know. And that that obviously happened a couple summers ago when the Packers groveled to have him come back, and he you know demanded a Randall Cobb and and things like that, and a say in some of these. Uh, decisions, you know, from a personnel side of things, he's been so empowered, Bart. You know, he he doesn't think twice of going on the on that stupid punter show and the other day and 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 saying that he wants Mercedes Lewis back and and Cobb and and Lazard and Tunyon and Bakhtiari. I mean, that was pretty much him right there telling you know telling the Packers who's going to be on the roster in 2023 if he is indeed back at quarterback. I mean, he he made a stink this last off season about playing time for certain wide receivers and, and how things were going to have to be shuffled. And you know, that, that there's been a couple opportunities, Bart, for Matt LaFleur to jump in there and just, you know, just, just really say, listen, I'm the coach. I'll decide playing time. Aaron needs to just throw the damn ball and shut the hell up. And, and, and at no point in time, will LaFleur do that? Even in the season finale, Bart, you know, where Rogers throws the interception on his, on his final pass of the season. And Rogers goes into the press conference and complains about, the play calling on, on the final drive. And, and the next day, Matt LaFleur is asked, well, you know, Aaron was unhappy with those play calls and all LaFleur can say, well, if Aaron was unhappy, then, you know, I, I, I guess he's right. You know, he didn't like the play call. Well, Aaron's right. Well, you know, again, Matt LaFleur needs to put on some big boy pants too, Bart, and tell the, you know. What is he so afraid of? Why, I, why is LaFleur so scared? You know, I understand by the end that Aaron had kind of won the power struggle with Mike McCarthy. Um, and, and Mike McCarthy, who, you know, he's proven again. Now he, he's a pretty good football coach. Um, you know, he, he kind of had to tiptoe around Aaron those last couple of seasons. He understood and he realized by the end that Aaron was more important to the organization. I honestly think right now, Matt LaFleur has got as much 
you know, house credit, let's say, built up as as Aaron Rodgers does, at least a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Aaron isn't 30 anymore where the Packers think they can get a decade out of him. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Bart. I don't know why Matt LaFleur has been so neutered and why he's terrified of, of the quarterback and ever – ever afraid to, you know, criticize him on a, on a public stage, or even if he doesn't criticize him, Bart, you know, just, just throw down the hammer that Aaron needs to quiet down and Matt's the head coach and, and Aaron's there to throw the damn football. Um, and, and he won't do that. And, and I'll be honest, Bart, I, I think he loses a lot of credibility inside the locker room when that happens, when Aaron calls, calls out Lafleur, calls out the offense or, you know, brings his criticisms out publicly on that McAfee show, on a Tuesday, like you said, where he sets the tone for the week and Matt LaFleur has got a chance then to respond on a Wednesday and, and he completely backs down and he cowers in the corner to Aaron. It's a bad look for everybody. And if, I mean, Bart, if I'm a 28 year old veteran in that locker room, I'm just kind of shaking my head saying, you know, what, what the heck's going on here from a, from a power and control, a hierarchical standpoint in this organization, they're completely out of whack right now, Bart, the only way they're going to get back, you know, kind of aligned the way most organizations are aligned, um, you know, from a, from, again, from a, from a hierarchical standpoint is to eventually move on from the quarterback because they've dug their own grave here in terms of the amount of power they've given Rogers. And, and every time I think they kind of are going to swat away one of his, one of his requests or, you know, a, a player that he wants on the roster, um, it, it, it's just going to lead to more and more drama. And Rodgers was getting out ahead of that story the other day on McAfee, wasn't he? With, uh, with, with telling the Packers pretty much who's going to be back on the football team in, in 2023, even if some of these uh, you know, geriatric football players don't have a whole lot of life left in them, Bart Rodgers wants them back. So it's, it's, it, Bart, it's bad for everybody. Yeah, Brady, Brady goes somewhere and he's like, uh, I'll take NFL Hall, uh, All-Pro and Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski. And uh, Rogers is like, I'll take what's left of Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, uh, Helen Lazard, Bobby Tunyon. There's a big difference there. Can I, I pivot for a second to something good? Yes, please. Rob, you're Badgers. <laughs> this is okay. So I'm driving in Milwaukee and there's billboards now. The Badgers, there's like billboards of Fickle standing with like, his recruits, you know, they, they mocked it up and everyone's wearing Badger jerseys. And I don't want to, like, I know it's a new era, the NIL era and the transfer portal era. I don't want to like belittle previous organizations. Paul Chris nearly got him to a college football playoff. I mean, that was very, very close. Uh, they just had to beat Ohio state as close game, but it's like, on one hand, it's like, I don't know. We just like opened this new portal opened and we figured out, wow, we can be this way too. This last month as a Badger fan, all the, from the simplest thing, like Luke fickle tweeting out a little video every time he's going to announce a recruit or a transfer. I just, it's just, this is so exciting. And I don't know what the first year is going to look like, but when you look at the schedule, like the first year could look pretty good. I, I, I just don't remember a time where, you know, the hype was this this massive at in January, in the end of January for Badgers football. Isn't it nice that they've moved on from 1986 in Madison, Bart? It's crazy. It's, it, it, it's phenomenal. And, and you brought up a good point on Paul Christ. You know, he did win 72% of his football games, and he, and he was struggling to adjust to this new era of NIL and the transfer portal and all that. I mean, Bart, three of his first five years – they finished in the top 12 and, and we know in a couple of years finishing in the top 12 is going to put you in that playoff. And you're exactly right. I mean, the, the one year they were 13 and one, the only loss was in the big 10 title game, you know, to Ohio state. So my, my point with that is, is they've been really, really close. And, and I don't think they've used all the avenues and channels available to them. And obviously they're going to do that now with fickle and the excitement is, is, is absolutely off the charts in, in what they've done in this, you know, with, with this transfer portal, you know, throwing a handful of quarterbacks into that room and all these wide receivers, um, you know, in, into that room where some of these guys from, from last year on a mediocre football team have already seen the writing on the wall and said, well, 
I'm not going to beat that guy out or I'm not going to beat that guy out. And, and you see some of these guys from last year's team jumping into the portal now themselves, Bart, because the competition in the room has gone through the roof. I mean, it, it tells you right away that, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have a higher quality product immediately on the field. And you're right. The schedule next year is really soft. It gets tougher in, in 2024 when they add Alabama to the mix and, 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 and the big 10 schedule that that year gets much harder. I was personally barred expecting, you know, a year or two um, uh, under fickle before, you know, maybe mediocre football teams and maybe, maybe by about 2025, they, they would potentially blow up, but, but he clearly saw things different and, and, and he's, he's, he's not going to wait around until 2025. He, he, he's, I think going to put one hell of a product on the field immediately and the other thing I like that he's doing Bart I, I don't know if you've noticed this a lot and and he, again he's very active on social media and and so is so is kind of the you know the the Badger sites themselves and 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 kudos to the UW for you know kind of up in their game oh, there. yeah um you know but but he's been on a tour around the state meeting you know really with all the top high school programs and their coaches and things like that where where he is going to keep the state locked down, you know, and Paul Chris did a good job of that part. He really did. You know, Gary Anderson before him had no interest in state products and he had a terrible relationship with the high school coaches around the state because he blew them off for a number of their functions and, and he was aloof and things like that. Now it, it's not a state where we're going to get 20 recruits a year or something like that, but there can be five, six guys a year out of Wisconsin that you want to keep home Typically, they're offensive linemen, but there's some decent speed from time to time down in that Racine Kenosha area. Catholic Memorial has speed, usually places like that. And Anderson, or, or sorry, Fickle's been all over that, and he's you know he he's been all over the state, you know, with with the big boy programs and 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 kind of the you know that the heavy hitters in the coaching profession to to make sure he gets locked that locked down too. So no, Bart, he's he's uh you know he he's making sure there there's no stone unturned right and he's he's been all over the place and i mean that there's an excitement around that program um that i haven't seen since the early barry alvarez years um when when he took him out you know from a one and ten to a rose bowl um this is where that program can go i mean they've been kind of in that eight and four range for it feels like for a number of years and 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 badger fans have started to say well how do you get to how do you get to eleven and one? How do you get to twelve and one? How do you compete with right the, the the teams in the South or even the Ohio States and Michigan up here? Maybe the answer all along was you had to go out and make a big splash like this and get a big boy coach like uh, Luke Fickle. It's 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 been unbelievably exciting, Bart. Well, it's amazing because I I don't know why you'd ever I me personally would never want to be a college football coach because like only ten percent of it is coaching game. I mean you got to recruit you you got to recruit three hundred sixty five days a year. These these guys have games, and part of the game is meeting recruits before and after. But some people are built for it, and it seems like Luke, Luke Fickle's embracing that. I just some people are not. I guess it's it's a it's a man. It's a job for sure. Well, Bart, I mean, if he took a program like Cincinnati to the Final Four, I mean, what can what can happen at a place like Madison too, right? Which is a world class academic institution. I I mean, I've I've seen, you know countless campuses around the country bart and i know i'm biased because i am a badger and i went there there aren't many campuses that compare to the uw um you you've got a 30-year tradition now of winning um and and the only question was how do you go from winning at let's say a b or a b plus level to an a level right and and, and compete with the biggest of biggest boys in college football i think it's very realistic with this coaching staff bart and and the excitement that fickle has brought and and clearly he you know he, he can take programs to that next level he proved that at cincinnati I, I think it's extremely realistic that every other year they can be in that top 12 and in that national you know championship playoff uh, situation we're going to have when those playoffs get going with with 12 and, and maybe even more often than that bart we'll see how the big 10 eventually breaks up their divisions that'll play a play a key role in all of this once they add USC and UCLA in a couple of years. But um, that, you know, with, with where Badger football has been Bart and, and where it has the potential to go, you look at some of those coaches that he's added to that staff and, and how that offense should have a completely new look moving forward. And, and I think they will be every bit as dynamic on the defensive side of the ball as they were with Jimmy Leonard. I, I just, I think, I think the future is, you know, and, and the, the outlook there Bart is, is so unbelievably bright and promising 
that, uh, you know, ticket sales right now should be through the roof. You remember 30 years ago, Barry Alvarez said, get your tickets now because you won't be able to get them down the road. You won't be able to get them in a few months or a year or two. You know, Badger Badger football tickets had declined a little bit, Bart. I think they had about 10,000 unsold last year. I would assume those will be gone this year. I, I would assume you're back to, uh, you know, capacity every, every single game in terms of season tickets that are sold because the excitement is through the roof. Yeah, and Luke Fickle might be able to do the one thing that, sports radio people have been begging for for 10 years get the student section there on time that seems about the only thing he hasn't figured out yet right bart my my guess is he'll have a a plan for that by august though (laughs) yeah we'll see rob good to catch up with you Uh, thank you for your time Uh, always a pleasure buddy you know it's always a pleasure on my end too let's do it more often our thanks again i keep saying we and our just i don't know it's just kind of me today but we're, we, the collective show, we, we're all a part of the show. I get emails, uh, people saying, hey, they love Tony or not enough Tony, too much Tony. We love Matt, not enough Matt. It's, it's, it's a community here. I did. I want to thank Tony in Texas. He did call on CBS's show. And so did Tim, Shay. <laughs> and Tim's like, I recently got to sit courtside, and I can't believe that if I would have done what Shannon Sharp did. And I said, Tim, congrats on your success. You must have a very well-off life and great career and a lot of money. And he said, yeah, 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 yes, I do. Carl's Place voicemails, 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. You can leave the voicemail. Thanks to our friends at Carl's Place, carloft.com, backslash Bart. If anything, just go and check it out. Maybe you're not going to buy a golf simulator. Maybe that's just a pipe dream. But check it out. See, like, maybe you have a friend that wants one, and you can say, hey, check this out. Uh, I want to come over and get a golf simulator. We all have at least one friend that can't afford a golf simulator. So start barking at them. Carlovet.com slash Bart. And, I mean, you get a golf simulator. That's less time you're spending at the golf course, less money you're spending at the golf course, more time you get to golf. Yeah, I think long-term view on that. All right, uh, we talked about announcers last week, and a lot of the attention was on announcers over the weekend. No Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on a divisional round weekend. Can you believe that? Love him or hate him, it was weird not to have him. So here's Jake, hot take Jake. Not really as into the talk as the rest of people. Good morning, bud. So I'm listening to... What is it today? Today's, uh, oh, Thursday's podcast. You guys are spending like 40 minutes talking about announcers. Like, I mean, you guys kind of sound like dorks. I'm not going to lie. Here's the truth of the matter. It doesn't matter. No one gives a shit about NFL announcing. Like, the only time that you actually register NFL announcing is when the guy is like really, really terrible or just announcing in sports in general. It, it, it's kind of like an offensive lineman. You don't want to hear their name because if you do, they probably messed up. So, like, the only people that I really notice in announcing are, like, the terrible guys like Gus Johnson, who's the worst I've ever heard, and, like, Tony Romo with his aw shucks, like, shit. The only great announcer on this planet, and you know this, Bart, is Jim Ross, good old JR. Like, I'd love to hear him, like, the way he called Mick Foley getting thrown off the hell. You want to look up old XFL tapes, then he – was on the 2001 version of some of those games. So, or like, imagine if there was a dirty play in a game and like an Indomitian Sue took out somebody's knee and Jim Ross was just like, oh, you dirty son of a bitch. Now that's the kind of announcing I could get behind. But the real reason I called is I wanted to talk about this tweet that I saw from at Chris underscore bucks 34. And it reads, I quote, yeah, I need Rodgers to go to Vegas and tear this league a new one with Devontae, including a dismantling of the Packers when they play next season. Packers fan base doesn't deserve this man anymore. Dude, you guys are freaking weird, man. Like, you understand the reason we're in this position is because Aaron Rodgers freaking sucks. I don't understand it. It's a cult. I mean, the guy, great, 12 years ago, he won me a Super Bowl. Thank you. Next. Like this dude, Chris underscore bucks would gargle this man's DNA. If he had the chance. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to say that's freaking weird. 
it's time to move on. Get us off this ride, and I want my T-shirt, Bart. Love you, buddy. All right. Hot take, Jake. Good stuff. People do care about the announcers. I'm telling you, a lot of people talked about the announcers over the weekend. One guy that could be a future announcer is J.J. Watt. I got tagged in this tweet several times. Somebody asked J.J., what's next for you, TV, broadcast, action hero movies? He said, early in my career, I said I would never do it, but I love the game too much not to be around it in some capacity. As for movies, not sure. I more enjoy the pressure, energy, and adrenaline of a live audience. Why I enjoyed hosting SNL so much. He's been retired for two weeks. He's already like itching for his next. Like this is just, 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 I just want recognition that despite never really meeting JJ Watt or Aaron Rodgers, I have dissected their personalities to a T. I just want recognition on that. That's it. I just want recognition. I just want acknowledgement that I've dissected these men. That's all I want. Is that so hard? All right. Spark guy, more on announcing. Bart, Spark guy here um, of podcasting. Great NFL announcer content uh, from you, Inig, and Grant. Um, I want to just contribute my part. Overall, uh, I was in line with uh, with Grant. Um, I, I did this with Paul. I do not think this is the golden age of NFL broadcasting. I think we're in a pretty good transition period. Um, I think the, the wrinkle of it all is these networks are going to split it off so they can never be too dependent on one guy. That's what we're seeing. Oh, the- hold on. So the announcers this weekend, Tariko and Collinsworth, great. Fucking Aikman off. Nance and Romo, great. They, they are a good crew. Romo doesn't have the the love that he had at the beginning. And Romo Romo's good because he's Tony Romo. Romo's good because he was he did a commercial where he's the Caddyshack guy. Speckler. I, I haven't seen Caddyshack in like 30 years. Sorry. I don't know. Spackler. Sorry. Jesus. Uh, Caddyshack. Go watch Caddyshack. It's good. I mean, it's fine. I'm more of a Caddyshack too guy. Just kidding. Uh, And then you had the Burkhart Olsen crew. Olsen, I think, is better than Burkhart. You cannot bump Olsen for Brady if he even does that. Brady can be a third guy. That's fine. But don't bump Olsen. And Joe Davis is awful. Joe Davis is bad. Joe Davis is bad. He takes over for Vince Scully. Is that right? And he takes over for Joe Buck, and he's a number two. Like, what are we? What are we seeing with Joe? Give that to Jason Benetti. Give it to God. Who else does Fox have? I don't know. Get Kevin Harlan on these calls. Joe Davis is a robot. He sucks. He's like fifteen years younger than me. Not really, but God. My little TV exec hat on, but when Buck used to be the voice of MLB and NFL, and Nancy used to be the voice of NFL and the Final Four and the Masters, they're going to start. They're starting to hedge their bets so they aren't so dependent on one guy as the voice of their voice of their uh, sport. So I do think Nancy's fully invested in CBS football now with uh, Ian Eagle um, taking over the Final Four. I would prefer Ian Eagle on NFL, however. But I think that Nancy Romo is pretty solidified. Um, my rankings, Buck and Aitman are solidified, obviously. Collinsworth and Tarico are solidified. The fourth booth, the Fox booth, again, the worst booth. I'm not here for even the Greg Olson excitement. I'm sick of hearing about tight ends. I don't think that he's as, his, his voice is terrible. Um, it's grating. Um, so that's my clear bottom one. And I'll, I guess I'll finish up by saying where I think that should go. But if I'm ranking them, clearly the, the worst booth is that Fox booth. It's awful. we got to look forward to it later today. Terrible. That booth, got a good friend. It's Buck and Aikman. Um, close second to Rico and Collinsworth. They're growing on me. And then a bit back is Nathan Romo for the reasons you described. So I'm going, um, I'm going ESPN, then NBC, then CBS, and then Fox at the end. My speculation is this. Burkhart is not long for the role. And 
and neither is Olsen. Um, I think their their wild card in their back pocket is who I consider to be the best overall play-by-play guy uh, in, in pretty much any sport. would love to hear do more NFL, and he jumped in and did a little NFL at the end of the season after um, Fox brought him over. But that's my big TV prediction, Jason Benetti. I say Jason well, Benetti. I didn't know he was going to say that. Fox booth. Um, he's a younger guy. He's got a very good voice. And they maybe put Olsen with Brady at some point with Burkhart, and then they make the transition. But I think a big transition happens in the next year or two, so that's my prediction. That's who I would go with. And if you put Benetti with a quality analyst, they're rising the ranks real fast. So love the TV talk, Kicker. Yeah, thanks, Spark Guy. One other thing I wanted to mention about the NFL that I forgot was because the Bengals won, so it didn't matter, but that Jamar Chase catch that got overruled. I don't like how rules are different based on where they are in the field. I don't like that if you if you catch the ball and then the ball is on you the entire time, like shouldn't that be a catch? I get why it was incomplete, but I don't know. I don't I don't like that the NFL is this massive product and we have like we can't figure out what a catch is. I love watching some of the old I love like way before replay, like 70s, 80s, even 90s. Some of the plays they called catches would not even like the, you wouldn't even go to review today. You just be like, oh yeah, that wasn't a catch. Just some of the some of the plays they, they called catches back then. I kind of like that better. If you call it a catch in the schoolyard, you call it a catch on the field. All right, one more voicemail. Uh John and Franklin. Here we go. Good morning, John and Franklin. A few thoughts on the Brewers. From my angle, I'm angry at the team, and I'm hearing a lot of distortions of what, you know, Brewer fans' problems are. I'm pissed off that they shut, would not renew the lease of TGI Fridays. We had so many good times out on that deck because you wanted to sell your own water down Long Island, your vendors were pissed off. Bad management. Bad management. The other problem I have is is, is what's the, what went on with this hater thing, and I know we're beating this thing into the ground, but it can't be forgotten, because now basically the compensation we got back for him, for, for all practical purposes, has just been completely diluted. It's just like you know, it, it was a there's it was a bad deal, and they just try to scramble it up so somehow you can't really deduce the fact that it was a bad deal. You shut the team down when we were in first place. You made a deal with a team that you were going to compete for for the final spot or two spots at the time. So, so what the hell were you doing? So it either speaks to you white flagging it and then have the balls to tell that or you're completely inept. All of a sudden, Stearns is completely inept and makes that move. We'll never get an explanation on it, and I'm never going to forgive him for it because I'm a 50-year fan of this baseball team, and I've spent tens of thousands of dollars at the ballpark on this baseball team. So it's not just me sitting and complaining all the time. This is legitimate. It is inexplicable what they did. Inexplicable. There is no explanation. That's why they don't even try to do it. That's why they took their on-deck event and shrunk it down so it could look like there's mass hysteria for the team. I mean, seriously, what are you doing? I'm going to go out to the ballpark a couple times this year. I'm going to follow this team. But I'm never going to get over what they did. Because it, it, it's just like one bad thing after another for this baseball team. One bad decision, and it speaks to the way it's managed. I don't expect them to compete with the Yankees. I understand that. The players' union's never going to let that happen. But that, that's not what I'm mad about. I'm mad about the things we can control. Giving away our best player when we needed him most. I'm out. John and Franklin, good stuff. Excited to talk some Brewers. As the, as the weeks go on, can't even say that with a straight face. Will the demand be there to do live brewer shows every night? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I'm doing that. Uh, one more thing, because we are going to do a Bucks post game tonight, and 
we've talked a lot about load management. Gary Wolfel tweeted out this video. I wanted to play it. It's Kevin McHale who agrees with a lot of the things that you guys have been saying. This rest stuff just drives me crazy. You're playing basketball for a living, okay? That would, uh, I understand if you're working the coal mine that you may need a rest day after after it. You're playing basketball. Excuse me. <clears throat> the joy that comes with competing in basketball is fun to play. I, 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 I never got tired in a game. How can you get tired in a game? You're playing basketball. I, I don't understand this. I, I, I Honestly, I, I start thinking I, I must have missed out on something. The eight, the nine to five, the guy's doing before he comes to the game. You know, the, he must be putting in some serious work, uh, you know, in the mine or doing something. Maybe he's a logger. Maybe he's chopping wood. Got all day to sit on your rear end. Hey, this rest stuff drives me nuts. So that's Kevin McHale. I did mention this a little bit on uh, the CBS show over the weekend. And, and we, I went back and talked about, like, I was going to go to the game on Monday, find out Giannis wasn't playing. If guys are hurt, you know, you want to be careful with them. I get that. But there's there's too much rest going on. The Suns, I'm not really following, but every time I look at the lineups, for like four straight nights, all their starters have been sitting. And they're not even in the playoffs at this point. So I don't know what's going on. But that's something we'll talk about because it sounds like, again, Giannis and Middleton should be in action coming up Monday night. Fun weekend. A lot of good football. You know, bittersweet. You, you don't, your weekend's not crushed because your team lost. But I'm telling you, I hate the Niners, man. I, I think about when I was a kid and I just despised the Cowboys. And here I was rooting for the Cowboys as if they were my own. And of course, the Niners won. And I think what I hate the most about the Niners isn't isn't the Niners. It's, it's, I, I hate when people get credit when they don't deserve as much credit as they get. Everyone just agrees that the Niners are great. I think they are going to be a double-digit loser to Philly. I really do. Philly has been overlooked all year. They're like the number one team in everything. They're the number one seed. Philly's going to smoke San Francisco. I know when I get super confident like this, you know, you're like, okay, Bart Jinx. I might even drive down to Illinois and throw a couple hundy on this. I don't know where I'm going to find that hundy, but I might have to go place a wager. All right. Again, Tuesday's show will be taped Monday night. Hope you guys can join me, us, you, them. As soon as the Bucks and the Pistons are done, we'll have a live YouTube broadcast and look forward to that one. I'm Bart Winkler. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Tell your friends. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.